Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. We are in the middle of uh, the holiday season. And so everybody say yay. Yay! (laughs) That's good. First service did good too. And uh, because, you know, when you talk about the holidays, sometimes you get a, uh, you know, kind of like that. But uh, I think we ought to enjoy the holiday season. And and we need to remember the reason for the season, and it's Jesus. We ought to be thankful this Thanksgiving for Jesus. Isn't that right? But also, I understand that the holidays and dealing with them can be uh, uh, difficult for us sometimes, uh, for people, and trying to make plans, getting with family and all of that can be hard. And I read the story about a man in Florida. He's in his 80s, and he calls his son in New York uh, one day about this time of the year, just several days before Thanksgiving, and the father says to the son, I, I hate to tell you, but we've got some troubles here in the house. Your mother and I can't stand each other anymore, and we get, we're getting a divorce. I've had it. I don't want to live the rest of my years uh, with her. I want to live my years in peace. So I'm telling you now, so you and your sister shouldn't go into shock later when I move out. And he hangs up the phone. <clears throat> The son immediately calls his sister in the Hamptons and tells her the news, and the sister says, I'll handle this. She calls Florida and says to her father, don't do anything till we get there. We'll be there Wednesday night. And the father agrees and says, all right. They hang up the phone. And the old man hangs up and hollers to his wife, okay, they're coming for Thanksgiving. Now what are we going to tell them for Christmas? Hopefully, our planning for the holidays isn't going to be that extreme or intense. Thanksgiving shouldn't be just a day. For every one of us who are believers in Jesus Christ, who have asked Him to come into our hearts and into our lives, Thanksgiving should be something that we give every day. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, says, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so this morning what we're going to see is that Thanksgiving should be more than the celebration of one day. It can be a lifestyle. Its benefits are incredible and miraculous. Tell yourself, incredible and miraculous. Now, I know sometimes preachers, we say things, and it's to get a response and all that, but I mean this specifically. Our lives, your life, my life, if we live a life with thanksgiving, the results will be incredible and miraculous. It will change our lives uh, for good. For the good and for good, if we are thankful throughout our day to God for who He is and what He's done. 
Now, we need to ask ourselves a question, and that is, what do we have to be thankful for? Ephesians 5.20 says again at the first part, giving thanks always for all things. And so the Bible tells us this is something that we should do all the time. We have something to be thankful about today, don't we? In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18, it says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Say, concerning me. This is the will of God for our lives, that we cultivate a, a lifestyle of thankfulness. Uh, in everything, give thanks. And what this means is, no matter what is going on in our lives, the good, the bad, and the ugly, we all have lots to be thankful for. I want to show you a, a video clip from a worship uh, scene that we uh, filmed in Malawi several years ago. I want to I want to just show you these guys thanking God. Guess I need to click it, don't I? God, isn't that good? <clears throat> you know, their worship moves me, and I know it moves the heart of God. We talk, we sing about that in this last song about, tell me what it is that moves you. This is what moves God, is a people that are grateful, that are thankful, and not afraid to tell Him how much they love Him. <clears throat> now, Malawi is one of the poorest nations in the world. Most of the people that you saw in that clip uh, that were worshiping either walked to church or paid to ride a minibus that was crammed full of people. Hardly anyone has their own car. If they're doing okay, they probably own a bicycle. Uh, many, and especially in the villages, have no electricity or running water in their homes. Uh, just several months ago, their inflation rate increased 25% in a day. And every day for them is difficult. Just to have enough to eat sometimes is hard. But you know, they are thankful. And that clip they, it is not just for show. They are honestly and genuinely thankful to God for who He is, and for what He has done for them. And you know what? They convict me Amen. to be more thankful. So what do we have to be thankful for? It's a lot. 
Tell yourself, it's a lot. In Psalm 103, verses 2 through 5, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things. Say Thanksgiving dinner. <clears throat> so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. This guy is reminding himself and us not to forget about all the good God has done for us. God's got a great benefit package. Forgives us. He heals us. He provides for us. And we need to remind ourselves of this. <clears throat> it's especially important to remind ourselves to be thankful when things are tough. When, when we're going through stuff, we have to be careful not to let it rob us of our thankfulness. Because when we're going through things, we can almost think, what do I have to be thankful for? And I want to answer that, a lot. Tell yourself, a lot. We need to remember to be thankful for our salvation. Uh, I was reading this Psalm 103 recently, and verse 4 stood out to me. Who redeems your life from destruction. When I got saved, I was on a collision course with destruction. God redeemed me from destruction. I know that if I hadn't gotten saved, I would be dead and in hell today. And I am grateful, I am thankful that he saved me. He saved us. We have a, a guy here in the church today that showed up. I haven't seen him in several years. Jimmy, would you raise your hand there on the back row there? Jimmy Cluson. <clears throat> Jimmy got saved forevermore ago in a revival in Bullhead City when Harry Hills was preaching. And he was a witnessing, can I say fool? He was a witnessing maniac, won tons of people to the Lord, and then he drifted away from the Lord, but today he comes up this morning, hadn't seen him in years, uh, and he's got his heart right with Jesus Christ. And this is a man that can tell, testify about a life redeemed from destruction. We have to remind ourselves of this. Uh, when things are, are tough and we're going through it, we have so much to be thankful for. When we're going through a financial setback or, or the kids are acting up or whatever, we can almost develop like a temporary amnesia. And we can say, I think kind of just, well, you know, what do I have to be thankful for? And we can forget the most important things. We cannot allow ourselves to forget how good it is to be saved. Everybody here has their own story. I look through this uh, group of people. I know a lot of you. 
uh, and I know the stories behind you and, and what God has done. And many of you, some of you I do not know, but you know, and the story is there of Jesus coming and making himself known and real in our lives, saving us, redeeming us, uh, uh, rescuing us. Can you say that's right? And if Jesus' blood shed for us was all that we had to be thankful for, that would be plenty. But there's so much else to be thankful for. Our families, our friends, our church, our country. I know that that there are those of us who are concerned about the future of our nation and we wonder about elections and all of that. But I want to tell you this morning that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is still Lord in the United States of America, and we can be thankful to live here, thankful for our nation. Thank God for His plan that is still in operation in our nation. Could you say amen? Our homes we can be thankful for, the clothes on our back, the food that we eat, and so many other extras, all of his benefits. Tell yourself, God has a good benefit package. Now, I want to take just a, just a short amount of time and share one of the greatest miracles that God has done for me and something that I am so thankful for, and that is my wife, Cindy. <clears throat> many of you, and I, I know that Probably a lot of you don't know this, but as a young believer, I met and married a young woman in the church where I got saved in, in Flagstaff, and we went on in ministry together. We had two kids, raised them in church, and ultimately went to Kenya and Malawi as missionaries. One day, while we were living in Malawi, my then-wife told me she was having doubts about God. Uh, about doubts about our marriage, our relationship, and this ultimately led to our divorce. Now, this was absolutely devastating for me. It was the unthinkable. The only saving grace was that I was able to get primary primary custody of the kids and, and be able to raise them. And so, me and the kids, we moved to Alabama so that we could be close to family. And I'll, I'll tell you, my thought process back in those days was, uh, I'm going to continue to live for God. It wasn't, I mean, I wasn't like I was going to go back to what I was before I got saved. That just would be like uh, destruction. And so I, wasn't, I was going to live for God, raise the kids to know the Lord, continue that. And pretty much my thought process was I'll just be uh, pretty uh, unhappy for the rest of my life. Uh, And so I was with the kids in Alabama and I thought ministry was probably over because of the divorce. But the former lead pastor of this church, Howard Pennington, a friend of mine, called me and asked me to come on staff here. And I was really hesitant because I just didn't know. I, I didn't know how pastoring as a single dad would be or, or how that would even work or if I, if I could pastor uh, after what had happened. And so 
I just, uh, on a fluke, really, and just thought, well, I'll, I'll give it a try. And I moved to Kingman in June of 1998 after my daughter, Laura, graduated from high school, joined the pastoral team here, and this church embraced me, embraced us, became home. And I'm so thankful to the staff here, Pastor Poole and, and Harry and Joni and the rest of the staff and you, uh, our church family. You took me in. It, but some six months or so later, January of 1999, I was praying one morning in my devotion time and God spoke to me in my heart and said, I'm going to blow your mind this year. Now, for those who don't know me, I, I don't have God speak to me this, this way very often, like, like, like that. That was the wording that came into my heart. And so I, uh, I just don't have him say things like that very often, but he, it was very definite. And so I remember I talked to the staff. I told the staff, I said, you know, God told me this year he's going to blow my mind. And I thought it was about our church. We were in the process. We just got into the building here, and we were growing and things were happening. I just thought it was about revival and all that, and it was, but it was something else and added because in July of 1999, Cindy came to visit Rudy and Sandy Shelton from San Diego. She had been a part of their church in San Diego, knew them, and Rudy and Sandy introduced us. We started dating in August and got married November the 20th. <laughs> and you know what? With her, God blew my mind. And hardly a day passes that I don't thank God for her. She really is one of the greatest miracles he has done in my life. And so I have a point besides just talking about Cindy and what she means to me. I have a point in sharing that. Because there was a time in my life where I thought my life was pretty much over. I was going to live for God, but I, the rest was just, it was just kind of hang on until Jesus comes. And I understand that this morning there are some of you that may be here or you're watching online and things have happened in your life, things have been unsettled, and maybe you feel like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm determined I'm going to live for God. Maybe you're even not there. Maybe you're saying, I don't even know if life is worth living. And I want you to know God has plans for you. Amen. That God is no respecter of persons. That he did blow my mind. He turned the page in my life. And, and I have had, uh, I've been here in Kingman 24 years, 23 years married to Cindy. And I have a really good life. And I can tell you, and it hasn't, everything hasn't been smooth all, all those years. We've had some difficulties in our lives. We've had some financial setbacks at times uh, and, and all. But, you know, in the midst of our life, God has blessed us. Uh, he's given us life. Uh, and today, if you're here and maybe you're despairing of life, maybe you don't know if you want to live 
anymore. God has something for you. You may be here and think, well, I'm going to live for God, but I, I'm just not happy because of the stuff or, or I have so many things going on in my life. I really just don't feel that thankful today. I want to encourage you today. God knows you. He calls you by name. He knows everything intricately about your life, and He has plans for you. And God Himself is going to blow your mind. Give Him a chance. Give them the opportunity. Give them the faith to be thankful where you are and see what the Lord will do. Amen. I want to talk for a little bit about the power of heartfelt thanks. And in this, I want to talk for a little bit about when thanks isn't thanks. Thanks isn't thanks when it's not heartfelt. Uh, I catch myself sometimes you know, before we eat, you know, Cindy and I will have something to eat, and I, I'll catch myself at times just going, you know, kind of thanks, and then, you know, like that. And, and, you know, have you ever had somebody thank you for something and you knew they didn't mean it? Yeah. I mean, like, not at all. Yeah. You know, oh, Thanks. You parents that have young kids, give your kids underwear for Christmas, and you'll find out. Oh, thanks. How useful. Hanes. Michael Jordan wears them. Thanks isn't thanks when it's not heartfelt or meaningful. So this upcoming Thanksgiving Day, before we eat, and when you pray over your food, I don't think it should just be a rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, yay God, that kind of prayer. But as I'm saying this, you know, I know that some of you may take this to extremes and then... You know, don't do a 10-minute, 15-minute prayer before you eat. <laughs> Telling God everything he knows about himself already. <laughs> if you do that, everybody else at the dinner table, if you're with family or friends, or something, they're all going to be ticked off at you. They are not going to be thankful. They're going to be sneaking stuff while you're going on and on and on. And so... I don't believe that we need to go on and on in our praying of thanks over our food, but it ought to at least have some of our heart in it. Can somebody say, that's right? In Psalm 100, verse 4, he says, Enter into his courts with thanksgiving and with a thank offering and into his courts with praise. Be thankful and say so to him. Bless and affectionately praise his name. And so he's saying, you know, put your heart into it. Thanksgiving may be the missing ingredient from some of our prayers. When I was a single guy in the mid-70s, uh, again, this is B.C. before Cindy, uh, there, there was a girl in our church that was interested in me, and for my birthday, she made me some cookies. 
she was a reformed hippie like I was, and so she handed me this plate of cookies, and she looked at me and smiled and said, they're healthy. <laughs> and so I thanked her, and so when I was off by myself, I bit into one of them, and it wasn't like they were bad. They just weren't good. <laughs> like, not at all. They were kind of spongy and fluffy, and it was tasteless. And so I, I think I spit out the, I'm, I may have swallowed the part, but I just kind of discarded the rest of the cookies. Anyway, there was missing a key ingredient, sugar. Anything with flavor was missing. Needless to say, she and I did not become an item. But have you ever felt like your prayers are just missing something? Like you've prayed really hard about something, but just missing it somewhere. The reason some of our praying may feel less than powerful could be because it's missing something special, and that is our thanksgiving. The Bible talks again and again about the power of prayer with thanksgiving mixed in. In Philippians 4, verse 6, he says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2 says, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1 says, Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. And so over and over in the Bible, it tells us that our prayers should be mixed with giving thanks. And so if we're praying for our kids or our grandkids, we usually pray things like, God, uh, reveal yourself, make yourself known to them. Uh, protect them from all the junk that's going on in society. And those are good prayers. But you know, what we ought to do is mix up some thanksgiving in those prayers and say, Lord, I thank you for revealing yourself to them. Thank you, Jesus, that you love them more than I could ever possibly love them. Thank you that you are going to guide them, protect them, lead them, reveal yourself to them. I thank you that you're the God who cares and loves the children. We pray those kind of prayers. It's mixing thanksgiving in and power is released. You know what else happens when we pray that way? We get peace. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, how many could use some peace? He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, everything that's going on in our lives, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. One of the secrets to having peace in our life is bringing those things that we're worried about, anxious about, and praying about them, but not just leaving them with God, but mixing them up with thanksgiving and thanking Him that He is the answer. 
And what happens when we pray that way is a release of faith. It's a faith kind of prayer. In Mark chapter 11, verse 24, Jesus said, Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Jesus said, if we pray believing, we'll see answers. One of the ways we can know whether we're praying faith kind of prayers is if we're mixing thanksgiving in with them. You need healing in your body instead of just praying, Jesus, please heal me. And that's, that's a valid prayer. But in the midst of it, mix some thanksgiving up with it. Jesus, I thank you that by your stripes I am healed, that you paid the price for my wholeness. And even though I don't see anything in my body changing right now, I believe you. I know that you paid that price 2,000 years ago. And by your stripes, I was healed. And I thank you for it. I receive it in your wonderful name. See, that kind of praying is the type of praying Jesus taught and practiced. Before he fed the 5,000, this is exactly what Jesus did. In John chapter 6, verse 11, Jesus is standing before 5,000 men, and the Bible says there were also women and children, so there was you know, well over 10,000 people. And he's standing before them with five loaves, and in another version in the Gospels it says two small fish. Five loaves, two small fish, and this is what he does. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fish after he had given thanks. Now, to a lot of people, it would have seemed almost ludicrous to hold five loaves and two small fish. In Malawi, uh, they will eat uh, a kind of a dough made out of maize meal, and oftentimes they'll eat that with uh, dried fish, these small fish. Harry and Joni have seen them in, in Kenya. They do the same thing. These small uh, uh, dried fish are about the size of sardines. They call them in Malawi, usipa. And I've got a feeling that this is probably the same kind of fish Jesus had as he was praying. He was praying over these two little usipa and five loaves. Many people would look at that and go, oh my gosh, we are, you know, do I get a crumb? Do I get a scale, you know? But that's not what happened, was it? When Jesus prayed and he gave thanks... God worked a miracle. Those loaves and the fish were multiplied, and everybody got to eat as much as they wanted. It was a Thanksgiving dinner. One of the greatest miracles in the Bible was when Jesus raised Lazarus in John chapter 11. 
he shows up. The sisters of Lazarus thought he had, was late. They had asked him to come and pray for him. Lazarus had died. He's in the tomb. Jesus shows up. They both say, if you'd been here, our brother wouldn't have died. And we know the story that Jesus goes to the tomb, has the stone rolled back and cries out, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus is raised from the dead and comes out. But before that happened, Jesus did something else. Before he called Lazarus forth, in John eleven forty one, 41, it says, Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Before Lazarus was ever called out of that tomb, Jesus thanked the Father for what was about to happen. One of the most powerful things we can do in our life, especially when we're going through it, especially when things seem not right in our lives, is in that place of, of brokenness, uh, of difficulty, of suffering, we cry out and say, God, I thank you that you're my Lord. I thank you that you're my healer. I thank you that you're my provider. I thank you for healing in my family. I thank you for healing in relationships. And when we pray that kind of prayer, mixing thanksgiving in, you know what happens? Miracles. Grace of God flows in our lives. And I want to encourage us just before Thanksgiving to make this a lifestyle. We will see more miracles in our lives if we'll mix Thanksgiving in with our praying. There are those here I know all across this building and those that are listening online that are dealing with some very serious issues. And I want to encourage you in that, that God doesn't take those things lightly. I do not take those things lightly, or, and I'm not trying to diminish the impact of those situations that you're dealing with today at all. I know what it is to hurt. I know what it is to suffer. But I also know what it is to see the intervention of God in our lives. And I want to encourage you to dare to believe enough that in the midst of your difficulty, to give thanks for who He is, for what He has done, and for what He is about to do in your life. There are those here today that there's a day coming when you will be able to walk up to me or testify or share to someone, you know what? God has blown my mind. He is a great God. He deserves our thanks every day of our life for what he who he is and for what he's done can you say amen Amen. god bless you let's bow our heads today and if you're here today or or you're listening online maybe you're one who is questioning whether or not you even want to live anymore I was at a place like that in my life at one time, and Jesus rescued me from destruction. And I believe that you are hearing these words because God has set you up. He loves you. He paid the price for your forgiveness. And even though life may seem absolutely hopeless right now, I'm telling you, He is able to turn a page and bring hope 
where there was hopelessness. And today, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands about this, but I will ask about your forgiveness. There are those here that maybe you've never given your life to Christ, you're listening online, and you've never asked Christ to come into your life, or you have, and you've been away from Him, and nobody looking around for a moment. Maybe you don't feel hopeless, but you know you're not where you should be with God, and as no one's looking, you just slip your hand up and say, would you remember me in prayer before you close this service out for forgiveness? God bless you. God bless you. Bless you. Honest hearts, amen. I see these hands. You can put them down. If you're listening to this online, I want you to pray with us and everyone here in the building. If we could just all pray together. Those that were, and maybe you have contemplated taking your own life, just uh, uh, ending it, I want to again let you know that Jesus right now is rescuing you from that destruction. He has purposes. He has plans. uh, He has good things ahead in your future. It may be impossible for you to see that right now, but I'm telling you, he has something that will absolutely blow your mind, and you're giving him the opportunity today as you pray this prayer. Let's all pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I ask you to forgive me from all of my sin. Come into my heart and life. Thank you for that forgiveness. I will remember to mix thanksgiving with all of my prayers. As I do, I will see your power in my life and needs. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give the Lord a big clap and just thank him? Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you. We praise you. Just as you're sitting there, let me take a moment and pray over us, if if I could. Lord, thank you for your intervention. We do praise you for all that you are to us and all that you have done for us. And today, I thank you for rescuing us lives from destruction. Thank you for bringing hope into the hopeless. Thank you for raising up life into those, resurrection life into those who were just giving up. We praise you, God, for restoring assurance of life and vitality. Thank you for that. Lord, for healing, flowing, and sick bodies today, and those who have come that are dealing with various serious issues physically. God, I speak life and healing in the bodies. We thank you that by your stripes we were healed. We thank you for causing your forgiveness to flow through our bodies from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. Thank you, Jesus, for your provision and supply for those families who are in uh, financial straits right now for releasing of resource, for intervention, God, and, and your provision, your supply, Jehovah Jireh. We praise you. We thank you. You are the God of our salvation. We praise you and we stand still and see the salvation of our God. We praise you for who you are in Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody shout it. Amen. 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 God bless you.
I want to just remind you about a couple of things. Uh, Wednesday night, we will be having no regular service. This Wednesday night only, we will re be resuming the following Wednesday. And don't forget, 5 o'clock, New Life Family Dinner. That means everybody's invited. Come with your appetite. Somebody say yum. yum. 5 o'clock this afternoon. God bless you. Our prayer team is going to be up here in the front. If you'd like personal prayer, come and avail yourself to them. God bless you. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.